No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 22, at the Patriarch Distillers, Soldier Valley Spirits. Mike, you got something colorful in your cup there. What you got? What are you drinking? I do. I have this blue drink. It's called the CB. Okay. And that is Soldier Valley Amber Rum, Blue Carousel, Raspberry Liqueur, and Lemonade. It is delicious. Okay. I will tell you that. So I came here. The first thing I had to look at was their bourbon. And I'm like, okay, what do I get? So I, I chose to go with what's called the Paratrooper Soldier. It's their special Valley bourbon and ginger ale. Very refreshing. Crisp. Hopefully it's going to get me through this episode without a raspy voice. <laughs> Tastes good. Tastes good. Kyle. Yours is also very colorful. What you got? Yeah, I got the <clears throat> Red Dawn, which is the Soldier Valley Vodka, Cranberry Juice, and Italian Blood Orange Soda. So for a guy that doesn't do a whole lot of craft beers, this is like this is like my forte. Like this is the good stuff. Yeah, for this Kyle. is the good stuff yeah, for Kyle. Stuff. That's your ish. So, no yeah. ponytail for Kyle here. Right. He's yeah. like, I got chest hairs from drinking the good Jeez. stuff. Yeah. And so. I, I'm the baby here. I don't drink liquor usually. I'm usually just drinking the beers, like Nebraska Brewing Company beers. And uh, yeah, so. It's, it's nice to see where Kyle. This stands. is my comfort zone. Yes, he's yeah. comfortable at Soldier Valley. Yeah. Hey, you look settled in. You look ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready. So, guys, more than usual. Yeah, we have a special guest. We do. And before we ask him what he's drinking, because he's drinking a little something, some over there too. Brief introduction. He is an NFL vet. He is a former black shirt, former defensive back, played for uh, the Bill Callahan era. Mike, you're holding up your finger. What's up? Because we have to add one more thing to his rep sheet. Okay. Um, as of today, he is now a member of the Junior College Football Hall of Fame. Right on. So okay. I just wanted to add to the tally okay. uh, and the accolades for our guest. Jared, so, you want to spit it out? So Who is we've, it? we've been building them up. <laughs> Zach Bowman, thank you so much for joining the No Block, No Rock podcast. How you guys doing? No, uh, definitely appreciate being here, guys. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you being here. Um, we were going to ask you what you're drinking on. What, so, what's it called? So I'm drinking the Marauder, which is uh, Soldier <sighs> Valley Vodka, orange pineapple juice, and raspberry liqueur. Okay. All right. So now what's the backstory? Why did you Why did you choose the Marauder? Oh, yes. So uh, <laughs> I went to junior college at New Mexico Military Institute, mm-hmm. and um, I was in Mike Troop, and our troop name was Mike Marauders, and we were the worst troop. Uh, of all the troops at New Mexico <laughs> Military Institute, we never won anything. So when I saw it, it brought back memories. So I had to had to get it. Okay. Well, I let me just start off because we're, we're talking about memories a little bit. Um, just got running through your, your resume. You went to high school in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the New Mexico Military Institute in Roswell, New Mexico. And then you go to Nebraska. I mean, three places that <laughs> like... I don't even know that there isn't a population. (laughs) (laughs) So just, I don't know why, why the military Institute in Roswell, what was it about it that like, did you like have to go there? Like, what was your reasoning behind going there? So I, um, my dad was in the military, so I had no choice but to move. unless I wanted to live by myself. Okay. And then, uh, so we, we got, we, uh, we were in South Carolina. That's where I was born and raised. And we lived in Virginia, North Carolina, um, and then moved back to South Carolina. And then I was a freshman my first semester. My dad uh, came back from deployment, came back from Korea and said that we were moving to Alaska. And I was like, 
Okay. <laughs> Barren wasteland. <laughs> well, at first I was like, where is that? Right. <laughs> Can you point it on a map, please? And so uh, we ended up uh, doing a family road trip, believe it or not. We drove there. It took us 15 days. What? Yes. Uh, it took us 15 days. My dad wanted the experience. so Took uh, the scenic route? Yeah. Well, he got scenic. it. Very yeah. scenic. He drove through Canada. <laughs> and Wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) But um, when I was in high school, um, I had all the accolades there, you know, uh, Alaska Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, But I didn't, I mean, I I had a lot of D1 offers, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I didn't have a high enough uh, ACT or SAT score. Okay. And uh, my coach really didn't do much. And so a family friend of ours, I was at the gym shooting basketball and he came up to me and he said, hey, you know, where are you going to school? And I kind of looked at him like, I'm not. <laughs> and he was like, bullshit. So he uh, he called his friend, uh, Anthony Redden, and got on a uh, phone call with him. And he said, Larry, if you put your uh, name on him, I'll give him a four ride right now. And Larry put his name on me and gave me a four ride. Coach never seen my film. <laughs> I went down there. I uh, started off as a safety. We had a corner get hurt. And uh coach asked is there anybody out here that can play corner and i raised my hand and he overlooked me and he goes again is there anybody out here that can play corner and i was like i played in high school and he was like fine so we so he puts me in the game and i'm guarding the number one receiver and uh he had zero catches and so then after the game um he just left me there and said nope that's your spot and yeah that's where everything started okay wow but i will tell you this I went from extreme cold to extreme heat. And we had black helmets and black uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> Bacon? So, yeah. Yes. So Bacon. You, you went from Alaska to a desert, essentially. <laughs> Basically. Like when I landed in Albuquerque, it was like 100 something degrees. And so we all piled in this little van and drove three hours south. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I was like, well, what's the next closest city and they was like las cruces that's another three hours and i was like so we're literally stuck in the middle of nowhere they was like yeah we are so right mm-hmm. so and like mike i know mike wanted to ask you kind of about your you know your recruiting process and i just want to i just want to paint the picture a little bit as a nebraska fan in 2004 the year before you came bill callahan it's his first year and he's known as the coach who that's the guy who broke our NCAA record 35 straight years of a bowl showing up at a bowl game, right? And so it was like a very dour kind of environment, like very sad. And so I just want to know, like, because you came the year after in 05, mm-hmm. and you were a five-star, mm-hmm. and I would assume that you kind of had the pick of where you could go. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why Nebraska after like not making a bowl game, you're a five star. What was it about Nebraska? Was it a special coach that got his hooks in you? Like, what was it? I, I, I would say um, I was not a Nebraska fan. I'll be completely honest. Florida State. Um, uh, that's where I was going. And um, Bill Bush, just, you know, great recruiter. Uh, okay. he, he just st- he called me every morning. And I got to <laughs> Bothered you every morning. I stopped answering the phone and then he would call me. Hey, Sub Z, Sub Z, Sub Z. But uh, when I came on a visit, they played uh, Southern Mississippi, and mm-hmm. and they lost. And I remember feeling like I lost. And it was my first time in Nebraska. It was great atmosphere. Um, 
you know, as much as I wanted to go to Florida State, it felt like that, you know, this was the place for me. So uh, the next day I, you know, went in there and just wanted everything to be done with and said I was going to come here and play football. Okay. And so the pitch was probably like, but son, we have snow here. You like snow. It's not so freaking hot here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You know, when I first got here, you know, on my visit, they they introduced me to Valentino's Pizza. And I swear that they have changed the recipe. (laughs) It's not near (laughs) as good, right? Yes, it's not. It's different on a game day than, you know, if you just go to a Valentino's in town. There's something. something, They sprinkle something in the like in Lincoln in the stadium. They sprinkle something in there. I don't know what it is. but I I swear it was the best pizza I've ever had. (laughs) I don't know if it's crack or what. (laughs) So... You brought up a name that is now current again in Bill Bush at Nebraska. Uh, let's let's expand on that a little bit. What is Nebraska getting with Bill Bush now as the full-time special teams coordinator at Nebraska and back to his ways in recruiting? I would say, you know, Bill Bush is a savage, man. I mean, he's an excellent recruiter. I mean, he helped bring in uh, a whole bunch of guys when I was playing at Nebraska. And he was also a special teams coordinator when I was there, too. And... Uh, just his mindset and the way that he approached the game. I mean, we were we were good on special teams. I remember, you know, um, Brandon Ragoni, we had a block punt, not block punt, we had a block field goal against Oklahoma. Our return game was good, Courtney and Terrence. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, you know, he brings a lot to the table. And I was wondering, you know, when they brought him back, you know, having him as an analyst, you know, you, you just, you're just kind of wasting him, you know. Put him in as a coordinator because – you know, that's where you struggle at the most. And, and it was pretty obvious that they struggled in the special teams game. So I'm glad that, you know, that he got the nod to be the special teams coordinator as well as back in the recruiting game because, you know, uh, he's a very valuable coach. Yeah, and like another story that we hear about another incoming coach, Mickey Joseph, how he got um, Jamar Chase to come was he just – he was – he said, I'm not going to let you, like, go anywhere else, like – if you don't, not hanging up this phone. He, remember, yeah, he yeah, yeah. On I'm the not phone. hanging up this. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stay on this phone all night, so you don't have any opportunity to talk with anybody else. Like he was on the phone with them all night, and so that just kind of reminded me of Bill Bush and yourself, how he just didn't let you go. No, he didn't. You know, and and and, and it's funny because I called him <laughs> the day of signing day. Oh, I think I'm gonna go to Oklahoma. And okay, <laughs> really? You were just bull. You were just bullshitting, like, right? Don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do this. To me. <laughs> No, coach. I already sent off the papers. So I'll be there. I'll be there. But you know what, though? Um, just not only football-wise, you know, um, you, you know, he's also done a lot for me, you know, like when I was there academically. And, um, you know, there was days where I didn't want to go to class. There was days where I wasn't doing well in class. And, you know, he, he stayed on me, called me, talking about don't make me call your parents, and da-da-da-da-da-da. Let's do the things we need to do. So, I thank him for that as well, because if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have got my degree. Awesome. Yeah, so that's something that, like, you hear all the time from recruits and stuff is, like, just think, like, talking about the educational support that they have um, and making sure that they're doing those types of things. And the only thing that I can relate it to that I understand is watching, like, Last Chance You. Have you watched that? I lived that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. That was the grind, so, right? So. <laughs> They had, you know, those people that were just in charge of making sure, like, are these kids going to class? Where are they at? What are they doing? What are their grades? Things like that. So I just think it's cool now that we're sitting here with you who's lived that and stuff that we've seen on Netflix. And it's all, I mean, it's all very true. I'll I'll tell you, um, I went to Iowa Western and I graduated from Iowa Western. I didn't have anybody make me go to class because I wasn't an athlete. So 
<laughs> so I will say, uh, yeah, it, it was nice seeing those the football players and stuff actually showing up to class. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "Oh, I didn't see Dion Long for two weeks," and then next thing you know, the coach is sitting at the door, standing there the entire class, yeah. making sure he stays. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, Coach Bush, but you know, I. I you know, uh, like I say, you know, I can't appreciate all the things that, you know, just not only him, but, uh, but, you know, John Blake who, who passed away, that was, you know, that kind of hit me a little bit. And then, um, you know, Phil O'Mation, let me tell you a story about Phil guys. I swear I cannot escape this guy. Like, <laughs> He's was, everywhere, man. Not only was he my position coach. Okay. So I'm in Chicago, we're practicing and I see this guy over there with a towel around his neck. And I look, and I'm like, you got to be shit. <laughs> this mother. Coach E. Coach E was there. So, of course, he blows his whistle. Now, I, I think he's thinking he's coaching me in the pros. Right? So, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, had a little moment with him there. And then all of a sudden, I'm in Miami. It's my last year. Lou walks into the room. Kevin Cora walks into the room. And it was like, boy, do we got a surprise for you. <laughs> and I'm like. I just look around. I'm and like, you already knew, I'm right? like, what? And sure enough, guys, we got a guest coach here. He's going to spend two weeks with us. And he comes walking in. Hey, I'm like, shit. <laughs> I cannot dodge Coach E, man. And so, and once again, he has a towel around his neck, has a whistle out there, pulling me aside after practice. Like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, Coach, like, I'm in my eighth year. Like, Get the I, fuck away from I, me. I, I got this by now. But big kudos to him as well as far as my help. And uh, also, you know, Coach Jordan, uh, you know, Randy Jordan, you know, he you know, he he was big uh in Nebraska for me and you know, being able to play against him as a player because he was in Washington mm-hmm. for quite some time. So, you know, I had an opportunity to play against him for play against his team. So Yeah. Okay. And you, you were so you were drafted by the Bears fifth round and you, you played for them, obviously. You had a stint with the Giants as well mm-hmm. as the Dolphins for a little bit. I just want to personally ask you, like, who was the most intimidating wide receiver that you faced? I mean, it could be college or NFL, but who was a guy that you were just like, God, seriously? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Like, you know, Calvin Johnson? Calvin Megatron. Johnson. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say that, that's yeah, like. I, I saw a couple pictures, and I'm like, okay, he's going up against Megatron. Yeah. That's got to be his answer. You know what? My second year, I mean, we were going back and forth. I think I held him to six catches for 88 <laughs> yards. Um, okay. You know, which, which wasn't bad. I had, I had, I had an interception on him. I think he had a touchdown. I mean, it's Calvin. <laughs> yeah. What are you <laughs> going to do? I mean, <laughs> but I had him one on one. Yeah. I had him one on one. So then test. the third year is when they came up with the no catch rule. Yeah. That was me. Oh, that was, oh, <laughs> that, that was me in the no catch rule. Was it a catch? Uh, look. look. When, when he caught the ball, I turned. He had two, probably about four feet down. It was tap, 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 tap. <laughs> set tap. the ball down. Then he set the ball down, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that is game. And it was like incomplete catch. And I was like, this game oh, has really changed. And you were like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So let me tell you. You my know how DBs game. are, though. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's incomplete. Touchdown all the way. Uh, so my first game, uh, you know, in, in Chicago, we're playing Minnesota Vikings. It's like, I think it's like week seven. And Peanut goes down. Nate goes down. And. Uh, they they look at me and they're like, hey, you know, you're gonna get the nod, and I'm like, oh shit. And so, Corey Graham was starting, True was starting, and Corey got a concussion. And I remember sitting on the bench and looking at Corey, and Corey looked at me, and I looked at Corey, and he looked at me, and he goes, I am Batman, and I was like, 
<laughs> what? And so coach looks at me and they're like looking down the line like, do we have to put this Ricky in? So I get in the game. So I go running out there. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm playing. Right? <laughs> oh, it's real now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this counts. This isn't preseason. <laughs> yeah. So I'm out there and, you know, Lance Briggs is out there. Brian Urlach is out there. And they're yeah. yelling at me. Oh, we got a Ricky in the game. Oh, shit. It's not in the third. And so I, I hear this little squeaky voice in the background. He said, hey, hey. I look back and I said, damn. He goes, hey, I need you, black shirt. I need you. And it was Mike Brown. Oh. Uh, and I told myself, I can go. let down everybody else out here, but I can't let down Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. So my first game, I had I had a muff punt in the end zone for a touchdown. So yeah, had a touchdown. And then I tore my bicep tackling Adrian Peterson. Oh. Yep. Worth sure. It. All, I think I all do- day was tough to, to tackle, huh? Yeah. yeah, all day. He ran all through my arm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your arm. Yeah. You went through it. You went through it. My arm. My when I looked at my my bicep, I was like, oh, I got a little frog. And nope, it was not a frog. It was. I ran to the sideline. It was like, what's wrong? I was like, hey, I'm just waiting for my arm to settle down. It was like, no, you 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 tore your bicep. Right. So of course I go sit back on the sideline. So guess who I'm sitting beside on the bench? Batman. Batman. Yeah. Batman. Batman. <laughs> So then another corner goes in, he fucks up. And um and then uh they looked at me and they go, Hey, you think you can go back in the game? And I was like, Well, can I tear my arm anymore? And he was like, Nope, you're having surgery tomorrow anyway, so you're fine. So they take me up, literally. I go running back into the game, my arm is dangling, and they're like, Just get him down. We don't care what you have to do. I end up having a game winning interception. What? <laughs> Had a game winning interception. With a frog in your arm. With a frog in your arm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah hearing about that adrian peterson story like did the paint was there even any pain or was it just like huh okay that's that's there adrenaline okay. right adrenaline yeah i mean uh, no it was just pain this is like when he was like running and he had smoke coming out of his nose and yeah right i was like my goodness and i was like now like i played him in college and I mm-hmm. swear, I went to tackle him, and I, I threw my whole body into him, and I hit him, and he just stepped, took two steps back, and kept running forward. <laughs> and I was like, he is not man. <laughs> he is like not you were, man. like You're you were a, a mosquito or something, like yeah. <laughs> so, but it would be Calvin Johnson. I would say Calvin Johnson was probably the the hardest receiver. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald was was pretty good. He wasn't as fast. He was just very savvy. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Jackson had Mills on wheels. Um, so he could definitely fly. Um, Jordy Nelson was pretty good. Yeah. Like he, he just kind of had very deceptive speed, ran really good routes. So the, the Cooper, the, the, the Cooper cup, yeah, of Cooper cup time. of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, by far, you know, Jordy never got the credit that I think that he deserved and he, and he was, you know, cause that was like a big robbery for us, Green Bay and they had Donald driver and, and James Jones and, um, who else they had? Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson. I mean, that that was a solid receiving core. Right. So you played against? Did you play against Brett and Aaron then, or just Aaron? I played against Brett when he was in Minnesota. Okay. Right. Yep. How was uh, how was playing against? Uh, Surely you got an interception off Brett Favre, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he gave him out so- like candy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes Zach. So so we're playing. I think it's Sunday night, Monday night game in Chicago, and it's towards the end of the season, and. I had at the time five interceptions and I needed seven to hit my bonus. 
right? So we get into the game. They throw it. I overlap. Drop it. Oh, no. Drop the pick. That's why he doesn't play receiver, right? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, man. Like, you anyway, saw the dollar, dollar just, signs float away. Just flying away from it. I'm, 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 I'm trying to reach out and get it. Come back. But you can't catch it. Come back. So, so then towards the end of the game, uh, he drops back again. He throws it. And I'm like, I got this one. Your eyes got. <laughs> the receiver like barely tipped the ball. And I drop it. So there's your bonus that literally just slapped you in the face and walked away. So then the next week we play the Lions. Dante Culpepper's the quarterback. Oh, oh wow. easy money, right? Okay. And like the third play of the game, I did a press bell technique. Calvin, he's supposed to run a fade, but ran a hitch. And Dante still threw the ball. I caught it. I was like, yes, six. <laughs> hmm. Minnesota, huh? Drop two that game. There goes mm-hmm. my seven. Yep. So, yep. No, I lost out on that bonus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Hey, but like I, I was looking at your your stats and uh, that um, year that you got six interceptions, you were you were tied with Darrell Revis for you know second most in the league that year. So, anytime you can ha- be in the same conversation as Darrell Revis, hey. pretty good. Bowman Island, right? No. Bowman uh, Island. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Um, um, so one thing I've always been curious about, and we're going back to Nebraska, okay? This is the year that you had missed because you tore your ACL in uh-huh. 06. You guys go to USC, lose 28 to 10. So like a big narrative that comes out of that game is Nebraska went to the Coliseum and played not to lose. You know, Bill Callahan just didn't want to be embarrassed. Like, was that? Uh, I don't want to say that was obviously the the plan going in. You're not going to say that, but. Were you, did you come out of that game going, damn, I mean, we could have done more than that? You know, at that time, you know, they're just a different breed. And, you know, True. we went into the game feeling confident. But then, you know, as a coach, you know, you're thinking about ways that you can sneak a play in there. You know, that's why we ran the fake fake punt. And, you know, we got it. You know, that kind of brought some momentum. But, you know, when you got Dwayne Jarrett and, and uh, Steve – very talented team. Yeah, I think they had like a didn't they have a two-headed monster at running back or something? I don't know. Well, then I remember that no, that was the game in Lincoln that we toured the ACL or hurt their their best player like the like the first drive and then after that it was just all hell broke loose. <laughs> no, we was in it till halftime. I mean, it was a physical game. Uh, you know, I I do remember Ricky Ricky Thanaris just mm-hmm. running down on special teams like he normally do and just throwing his body into people. Right. And um, you know, it was it was it was a physical but but once again, you know, you know, they just they just had a ton of talent. You know, yep. it, it, it was at the time USC, you know, 05, they were good. 06, they were good. Mm-hmm. Seven, I mean, they just kind of had their run that year. And I just remember so much hype going in like that 07 game. College game day came to town. And I think I think it was like a return. USC had a return to like Nebraska's inside the five-yard line. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was like, God, all that hype. It was just a, went. It was a four back dive. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what, oh, yes, it was. It was a four back. We had it and four back dive, and he went literally about ninety eight yards untouched. I tackled him. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> you caught up to the fullback. Congratulations. I the fullback. <laughs> that's good. It ran untouched through the middle. It was like wow. It's like he really nobody touched him. He just ran. It's like, like that. Like, ran right in the middle. Like, like it was a trick play. Like, and, yeah. it, and it took Zach ninety eight yards to yeah, catch him. Well, I was on the outside, so when I was when I was like wow, he's just really you, you know you run pretty fast when nobody touch you, right? And so that's what happened. 
Yeah. He's coming off a torn ACL. Give him a break. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Although we find ourselves at Patriarch Distillers, Soldier Valley Spirits, and La Vista, we still want to shed some, get, get some little love to Nebraska Brewing Company, even though we're not there. We still love them. Absolutely. We love Nebraska Brewing Company. And uh, we just want to tell you a little bit about today about the new beer they just released. It's a it's a, another day one Nebraska Brewing Company staple called Farrell's Red. Farrell's. Um, it is a it is named after the family itself. One of the owners, her maiden name is Farrell, so that is uh, it is something I know the family very well, and it is actually one of my favorite beers there. It's an Irish red beer, excellent, and it is on tap, and it's only on tap during certain times of the year. So perfect time for St. Patty's Day around the corner. Heck yeah! Uh, go stop in the tap room, give it a try. Uh, Farrell's Irish Red. Yeah, if I was there, I think. I'd probably get their Hefeweizen. I don't know. I'm just in that kind of mood. So I'd get their Hefeweizen. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess going back to the red that Mike's talking about, you would have thought last week when they were talking about that thing and how it was getting ready to come out, Mike would have gave his left testicle just to take a, a six-pack of that thing home. He, it was there. It was ready to go. And Mike's like, just let me take one. And I was he's like, like, no, it's not ready. Hey, Connor, not- can I steal this? And he's like, well, no, because you can't have it. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So... You only like me on Mondays. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it yeah. So according to Mike, it's very good. Yeah. Excellent beer. Go check them out here in La Vista, Nebraska. Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. Indeed. Zach Bowman, we didn't forget about you. I was Don't worry. Thrown off by the left test. Right <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for. Uh, it got extreme the other night. <laughs> hey. Okay. Can happen. Enough. Enough about your drinking habits, Mike. <laughs> um. Zach Bowman, like we're we're trying to think of a a good kind of segue, but you know we got the season coming up. We got okay. Hold on, baseball in ten days. Just saying. Oh, he's yeah. our baseball but, guy. But but and that's beside the point. Spring practice will be coming up. Um, you going to a spring game? Do you think? Um, I haven't been in a spring game in quite some time, but Bes- looking forward to going to one this year. Oh wow, so you are going? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go this year. Why this year and not past years? Why why this year? Uh. Kool-Aid? Oh, COVID, <laughs> yeah. That's I, a, I said Kool-Aid and he said COVID. Kool-Aid, COVID, same thing, right? It, it's okay. very, uh, very easy to, to get, Same right? effects on the, the mind. Yeah. Tasteless. Tasteless. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, like, I just want to get your gauge on, you know, what, what do you expect from this team? Like, we got a crap ton of transfers coming in. Um, there was just a uh, a little press release today. Um our production, our returning production is the second lowest in the Big Ten, where, hey, some people look at that as a positive because, after all, we were 3-9 and nine last year, so maybe we need some fresh blood. On the other hand, we were close, 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 so having all these changes might, like, offset the closeness of last year. I don't know. But what do you think of this team coming into 2022? What are your expectations? I think, first of all, you know that you got to get competitive in the junior college market. Um, you know, there's a lot of good junior college talent out there. And I'm just not saying that just for myself. But, right. You know, when you're looking at a high school kid, you're looking at at least a year and a half, two years development, unless you're Alabama. Those kids come in apparently just made like that. And yeah. te- they're made in the test tube. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm optimistic about this year, man. I mean, you know, we were close last year. But you're going to have a lot of young guys that's going to need to step up. I think, you know, with a new quarterback uh, who's never played at Nebraska, you know, we're a tough crowd. You know, we'll love you when you're doing good. When you're doing bad, we'll beat you down really quickly. 
Um, but, you know, for me, um, they got to get the passing game going. I think that that was a big problem for us last year, being, you know, able not to, well, you know, we could pass ball, but we can only pass it from one person. But, you know, we got to be able to spread the ball out. I felt like defensively we, we played good enough to win games. And mm-hmm. um, with this new quarterback and, you know, also getting this running back, Anthony Grant, from the greatest junior college of all time, New Mexico Military <laughs> Institute, I think is really going to help our offense out. Coming off a national championship, too. Of course. That's, yeah. that's a great school. <laughs> Did, were you guys uh, successful when you were there? Did we you guys were, win any natties or anything? We were hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, we hot the garbage. greatest junior college <laughs> of all time. Of all time. <laughs> of all time. <laughs> no. Uh, we had a ton of talent. Uh, we ran the option, which we had more turnovers than points. Um, okay. So, um, but we had a ton of talent. And... Um, but we just can never, you know, put it together. Um, we did it. You know, my first year there, we did beat the number one team in the country. They didn't believe it. Uh, so we had to send our film to the committee so they could watch the game and see that we actually beat the number one team in the country. Um, what? Yeah. That's yeah. odd. It, weird. <laughs> it was Dixie State. I mean, they were like, you know, compared them to North Dakota State. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were a JUCO powerhouse. Powerhouse. And yeah, because they went from JUCO to D2, which doesn't really happen. That right. Time. And we was at the bottom of the barrel. So we were like Hastings. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you though? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh, I coach at Millen. So, you know, I, you know, I had to think of the team. I couldn't really say Concordia because they beat us this year, but right. yeah. Hastings. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but um, you know, I think we're gonna win more than three games this year. Nice. All right. Whoa. <laughs> so I mean, look. Oh, does anybody? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> three games? Four? Four? Bowl game. Bowl game. You say bowl game. That's what I say. Bowl okay. Game. Yeah. So that's what I after say. week six, and they take five win teams now, guys. Come yeah, down. they do. Sometimes they Is were it... trying to take the best three nine team of all time. Stop. <laughs> Please, God. Um, Please stop. So, all right. So now that you, you know you're, you said you're you're a coach at Midland, um, and so like, have you ever had an experience kind of like what Nebraska is going through right now with bringing on a like a, a whole new offensive staff or trying to bring together all these new players and all these new coaches, like Jared was talking about? Do you? I mean, do you have any like experience in kind of how that stuff works or how difficult that is to actually like come together and work together? It's very difficult because once again, you got a you got a uh, new offensive staff, you got new terminology, you got new ways that he want to do things. You got new blocking schemes. You got uh, Rayola, who who who's the new uh, offensive line coach, who I played with at Chicago. So mm-hmm. you know he has his different techniques from Greg, and so yeah, it it's going to take some time and time that Scott Frost does not have. Well. With them bringing in a whole new offensive staff, they're going to give them some time, at least two years. That's what I think, too. Okay. I, yeah, yeah that's that's also what I think, too. I think you bring all these new people in, and, I mean, barring just a complete, just a disaster. Shit show. Yeah. I think I honestly think he, he does have two more years, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. You know, but you got to give him two more years. But the thing is, is that um, you don't want those two years to be like your first two years. And, you know... You can only blame the player so much. You can only blame the buy-in so much. Um, 
either your personnel fits your scheme or your scheme fits your personnel. And you got rid of all the toxic players that now you got to build a team. You got to build a locker room. That's where everything starts is in the locker room. You got to have leaders. You got to hold everybody to the same standard. And when you treat players, certain players different, other players see it, you know, negativity starts to set in. So I think um, two years they should be up and running, but, you know, they got to be able, once again, they got to be able to pass the ball. I mean, when you're looking at your roster and you have to compare it to the top teams in your conference, and if you compare your roster to the top team and you sit there and say, can we compete with this team? And the answer is no. That means you got to go out there and you got to keep recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. Because once again, when Ohio State comes into town, you see their talent. Yeah. And you wonder, like, well, why can't we get those kids, right? We got the best sales pitch of all. You can come in. You can play right now. Yeah. You don't have to wait behind nobody. You can come in right now and you can play. So what are we doing to not be able to get those players? But at the same time, you can't lose to the middle, to the bottom tier teams, too. You know, losing to Illinois, Vanderbilt building in. But that hurts. First year. Yeah. First year for Illinois. That hurts. Well, and you bring up a good point of, well, why don't they come to Nebraska? Uh, I mean, a new thing that came in that wasn't here when you were playing is name, image, and likeness. Players can compensate on their name, image, and likeness, and they can make money. And that's a big sales pitch at Nebraska. We are the only show in town, and we can sell that to recruits and say, hey, you're going to make a lot of money if you come to Nebraska because they have we have old farmers in, in West Nebraska that just they have nothing else to do besides throw their money at players and endorsements and everything else because they want to see Nebraska succeed. So I, I'm kind of with you. It's like, why not come to Nebraska? What there's zero excuse of why we can't get some of the talent that some of these other schools are getting. And Scott Frost has really never had a talent issue though. He's had top recruiting classes. It's just been what he's done with the talent. But you, but you tell me the top recruiting class he brought in. Well, okay, so I just want let me kind of piggyback off that a little bit. Okay. Like, they're not top recruiting classes, but they're good enough to not be three and nine. Yes, they're you know better I mean? than the teams you're losing to every they're, year. They're usually number one in the West, and yes. you're still losing yeah. to most of the teams in the West. Yes. But who's number one in the West? Wisconsin, uh, I mean, Iowa. Do, do you, do you, like got, on the field, you mean? Like on the yeah, field? Yeah. I well, mean, I mean because I've got away from the whole rankings and the stars. Oh yeah. I yeah. don't believe in that stuff. You know. What is it that I was doing? What is it that Wisconsin's doing that they can get? I mean, you know, shoot, you know, basically, you know, farm boys, and develop them. Yep. And turn them into ball players. Are they, are they killers out there? No, but they do what they do well. Mm-hmm. And so, what's the gap? What's the problem that we can't do that in Nebraska to where that we can actually develop these players? You know. The stars and all that other stuff, you know, Omar Manning came in with a lot of hype behind him. And my buddy was like, Omar who? And that's not throwing shade at Omar. Right. At the end of the day, like, you you build up this kid with all this hype behind his name, and he's number one junior college player, and he can do this and he can do that. But, hell, when I'm watching the game on Saturdays. He ain't on the field. (laughs) That's. I mean, I'm not going to be the one who – I'm not going to be the Omar Manning defender by any means because that first year he was going through – his own whatevers. He played okay last year. You know, he played all right. Just but, but I sometimes he wasn't on the field, yeah. you know? But like going to your point, I think Nebraska's just Nebraska football has been in a state like disrepair. There's no 
identity to lean on. Wisconsin has their identity. They're the Barry Alvarez, old school Nebraska, whatever. Iowa is the disciplined, boring, but hey, we're going to win between seven and ten games every year. Like, we know what we are. We don't care what you think of us. Whereas Nebraska's like, we're this this year. And this year we, we're going to be this. And we're going to we're gonna try out five different running backs and see what sticks on the wall. Like, it's just been a mishmash of so much different things. And huh? that's 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 the craziest part about, like, Wisconsin. Even after coaching changes, head coaches leave, head coaches come in. Guess what? They still do the exact same thing as the last person that it's, was there. It's their bedrock. Yep. Yeah. I mean... I mean, how look at look at Northwestern all the way up until last year. Northwestern is a very disciplined team, mm-hmm. and they're going to nickel and dime you, and they're going to wait for you to make the mistake, and then they're going to pounce on you. And Northwestern's had on number for some odd reason they've had, on, but they're good at what they do. Yeah. They have an identity. Look at Minnesota; they're just now starting to get their identity. So now with all these other teams beating us and and, and that are better than us, you know, where does that put us? And so one development. Two evaluations. Like, are you evaluating the practice room? Like, I'm sorry, but you know, when you look at Alabama, and I hate to compare Alabama, but their practices are very, very, very competitive. And those starters know that if they're not playing up to par, the bench. And that's where you have to get in the recruiting game. You know, that's what Nebraska used to be like in the nineties, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They knew behind them they got a <laughs> blue chip all American, right? So of course practices was very very competitive mm-hmm. and that's how you win games and so that's what you have to do in the recruiting department is bring guys in that's going to put some heat on some of these guys and once again it's evaluations if one guy's playing the better than you then hey step your game up at the yeah. end of the day it's a business it's not let's make you feel good right and number two i feel like that's you know you got to take a page out of coach osborne's book you know um Back when he was coaching recruiting, you know, I, I hear all the war stories from all the former players, right? And it wasn't all good boys, but at the same Not time, at all. they respected Coach Osborne. Coach Osborne is still a mentor to those guys, right? Yeah. And that's what you have to do. You know what? You may have to take a chance or two on this kid and that kid and this kid, but it's up to you as a coach to mentor him, to guide him, to help him. Because at the end of the day, he can help you win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we, that 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 is a uh, Scott Frost Mo Washington relationship. That is in in a nutshell. That is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that relationship. He knew that he had problems, or I guess issues off the field. He knew that you know maybe hey, maybe his uh, his behavior isn't that great, but he's still out on the field. He's still making sure that he's got that second chance, third chance. Yeah, uh, and then he ran out chance. of chances. And he then ran... he ran out of chances. It, yeah. it was just something that's too high to look over. Yeah, well. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to be careful because that fourth and fifth chance, other players see it. Yep. And yeah. then they start talking, and when the other players start chirping, now you got cancers keeping in because they're like, "Well, you just letting him get away with anything." And yep. so that's that's and, and so that's the part I mean, like, you can only give them so many chances, and but at the same time, you got to hold them to the standard. And if you come in here and say, "Hey, this is our standard, and this is how we're going to play, this is how we're going to act." Yeah. Then you got to be like that across the board for everybody. What right. was the standard at Nebraska when you played there? Pound a rock. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, remember yeah. when they put? Remember yeah. when they put that thing underneath the stands? Remember that? We had it in the meeting room. We had yeah. a big old rock, and he was like, "Fuck by and pound." I'm like, "Why am I going to punch a rock?" Like, <laughs> I'm a DB. <laughs> I'm a DB. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Pound a rock. 
right. Listen, I, I wear my run the run the damn ball hat. I like it. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zach, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> our our standard there was a little bit different because you know Coach Callahan treated us like man. You know, we wish that we would have had, you know, a little bit of structure there. But you know, you got an NFL coach coming to a college team. You feel like you got a young man, you're gonna let them be a young man. But you know, we did need some structure while we was there. You know, was we constantly getting in trouble? No. But um practice habits, classroom habits, um, weight room habits, um, you know, they wasn't there. You know, you can't depend on other people to do your job. And you know, when you look at the top tier teams, because at the end of the day, that's what college football is all about, right? Looking at the top two. I mean, even if you look at the top 15 teams, right? Because right? the top 15 teams can easily be the top five teams. Right. Easily. So what are some of these teams doing that maybe you can steal a page from? And is it perfect? No. But see you may, see in the offseason if it works for your program. Yeah. You kind of heard that with, with Mike Riley um, when he came. There was, it was kind of loose and like, I mean, what do you expect a 18-year-old kid to do? Would you you kind of just well, welcome to Nebraska and right. you know, welcome f- to college and like yeah, you're away from your family and it you're was just a like superstar now. Yeah, like, it was very loose and like Mike was too loose and yeah. you know no discipline like lack of discipline. My, or whatever. I mean, uh, in a nutshell, this is somebody from. One of the administrations in Nebraska told me it was the prisoners running the prison. And if guys and if guys wanted to practice, uh, didn't want to practice, they didn't practice. And so that's probably in itself. When guys didn't want to lift, they don't have to lift. You know, when you're not squatting, when you're not doing none of the, the you know, hand cleans or anything like that. I mean, it's like you're going to be in trouble. And it paid because let me say this: when Frank Solis got fired, um, I felt, and this is just my opinion, when Frank Solis got fired, you know, he left Callahan with some talent. Right, mm-hmm. Callahan didn't quite know how to use Frank Solich's talent, right? And then it took that 2005 class to come in. You know, he brought some talent in, and things were starting to get rolling. You know, it went eight and five. Then 2006, we were nine and two at one point, mm-hmm. right? Made it to the Cotton Bowl. We made it to the Big 12 championship. Made it to the Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Things are looking on the up and up. Just look at the top players he brought in. And when I tell people like Callahan wasn't a bad coach, they're like, well, you know, I'm like, but look at everybody that you still cheer for and remember where Callahan recruits. Yeah, right. 100%. You know? And so when Callahan got fired, it wasn't like he left Bo Pelini with a shitty-ass recruiting class. Right. He left Bo with a talented squad. He walked into a great situation. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got Okay, Sue, let me work with him. Let me get him back. Let me rebuild his confidence and look what happened. Then you got Eric Had, you got Roy Halu, you got Prince, you got Joe Gans, you got I mean, hell, even Zach Lee came in and did a you know, did did a decent job. Mm-hmm. You had Nate Swift, Todd Peterson. Um, you know, the list goes on and on about, you know, Zach Potter, Jerry Crick. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like Philip Dillard, Cody Glenn, I mean you Larry Asante. Um so it wasn't like that you was left with a a pile of doo-doo. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? So now all of a sudden, Bo gets fired. Mike Rowley comes in. Look what happens. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mike Rowley gets fired. Scott comes in. Now Scott's like, this is what I have to work with? Yeah, damn. That's- I know. He did not. And that's that has been my biggest defense for Scott Frost is just that he walked into not good situation. Like, it, he, he did not walk into what Bo Pelini walked into, like you mentioned. It was, yeah, not a good, not a good spot to be. Mm-mm. And so, no, like, not ideal. 
No. But but after this much time, you you have to you have to see something. Well, and you know we can keep going on and on about you know. Well, offensively, I mean, he had um he had Stanley Morgan. I mean, he, he yeah. you know he he could do some stuff offensively. Defense, it's you know, it's tough when you're giving up forty points in the Sun Belt, and then all of a sudden, or the American Conference, and now you're in the Big Twelve, and teams can still put up forty points on you, but mm-hmm. they can also play a little bit of defense. Well, um, and the thing is, is the defense is the side of the ball has been getting better and better. Getting yeah, better and better. you know, and it's makes you think. Top thirty defense. What's going on on that defensive side? That's just not clicking on the offensive side, and well, the defense played together. That that's the difference. Is like the defense they played for each other, and the offense just they don't. You don't see that on the offensive side of the ball. <gasps> it's a, weird. A guy that hasn't played in three games is now in the fourth quarter. He hasn't seen the field all year, but now he's in the fourth quarter. It's just like stuff like that where it's like, well, okay, and all right, sure. Well, yeah. It's, well, it's I don't know, but. Well, it's sometimes tough, you know, because they're, you know, I, once again, I'm not the offense coordinator. I'm just, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm watching the game. But, you know, there was times where I wondered, like, you know, you're coming out in a three tight end set. Listen, me as a cornerback, I would love to guard a tight end. I'm a six foot corner. You can put me up against a tight end all day. I'm licking my chops, right? Okay. We saw what happened when we played Ohio State, and those corners was like, oh, you can put fashion in them. I'm going I'm to get around them. It's different when you got a Gronkowski out there. Then, right. Okay. Well, we don't have a Gronkowski out there. Right? There's not too many Gronks out there. No. No. <laughs> but, you know, I was it, it, it just kind of bothered me a little. But once again, I'm not there, but it just kind of bothered me. Like, when it's third and eight, you know, you look out there and it's like, yeah, three tight ends out there. Okay. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. And then when okay. they get into a third and 14, they got five receivers, five out, receivers there. out there. And that were all five star, five star, five star, four. Three yard slant for <laughs> a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all that's right. what bothered me a little bit. But you know what? I'm optimistic about this year, man. Listen, I mean, I, I got all the, the faith in the world in Scott and, and those guys and turning the program around. And yeah, you know, they just got to, uh, you know, take some time and, you know, they'll get it right. Okay. So a former, former teammate of yours, Zach Taylor. Obviously, coaching the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, nobody expected them to be there. Not at all. And they make this great run in the playoffs. I've been wearing my Bengals gear. I'm not even a Bengals fan, but that is the team I chose to win the playoffs because uh, I like watching Joe Burrow play. I'm rooting for Stanley Morgan, and Jamar Chase is a beast. So, sure. Zach, do you have any Zach Taylor stories for us? You were, he was a teammate of yours. <laughs> yeah, for two uh, years. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of Zach Taylor stories do you have from your time with him at Nebraska or even Miami? Zach had a hard time uh, throwing the ball my way. He told me in practice, I just want to let you know this right now, I'm not throwing the ball your way. Because one practice, I had like four interceptions on him in practice. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> and so he was like, ah, I think I'm not going to go that way anymore. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm extremely happy for Zach. Um, you know, he, it's well-deserved, uh, you know, his first two years, you know, it was, it, it was rough, but, um, definitely needed this year. And, and I think that Lou, Lou is his defense coordinator. Lou was my position coach when I was in Miami. So I'm definitely happy for those two. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Lou and, uh, you know, my message to him is, you know, bring home the Super Bowl. I mean, you don't, you don't made it this far, you know, bring home the trophy. So. But um, 
you know, once again, I'm excited for him and I'm excited for the Rams as well. Um, Joe, uh, Joe D. Camillus and Dwayne Stukes with my special teams coaches in Chicago. They're special teams coaches in uh, not St. Louis, but for the Los Rams. Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wherever they're at now. When right? I was playing, it yeah. was St. Louis. Right. So, <laughs> One of the 18 uh, L.A. teams. <laughs> So I'm definitely excited for those guys as well, you know, to be able to make it on that stage. And so, um, but definitely going for the Bengals. Yeah, and yeah. one guy that you forgot, what Troy F.N. Walters, man. Yeah. Hey, good for Troy. You know, it's good, good for, for him. Troy. Good for him. Well, my son, you know, we decided to do this little fantasy football league, me and my boys. And, and uh, they were like, Bryce, he's six. And they go, well, What's team think gonna make it to the Super Bowl this year? And Bryce was like, he's six. At the time, he was five. He knows nothing about football, just sees colors. And he goes, sees the Bengals mascot, and he goes, yeah. the Bengals. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, you got a <laughs> lot yeah. to learn. Yep. And sure enough, he's like, Dad, what did I tell you? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Told you they was gonna make it, Dad. He's gonna like, let you have it, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh, brother. You were absolutely right. Like, they did made it. So. Uh, another story, uh, you know, she, we, we were playing Michigan in 2005. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for Zach because Zach never blamed the line for anything. If he took a sack, you can hear him, that's my fault. That's mm-hmm. on me. I got to get rid of the ball. I got to do this. I got to do that. But this one time, this may have been on the line. <laughs> this one time. This one time. <laughs> Because Michigan had a really good defense, and mm-hmm. I remember a guy came off the edge, and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Oh, you can see it coming. And Zach didn't even see it. He hit Zach so hard. <laughs> he hit Zach so hard. He, his mouthpiece went flying. You can see the saliva coming uh. from his mouth, out the mouthpiece, <laughs> out of the helmet. And I was like, is he going to get up? He got up. He always did. And guess what he did? He looked at the line and said, my bad, guys. That's on me. <laughs> I was like, Shit. with his mouthpiece, Shit, 10 me. yards away. and Yeah. That may have been on, on that time, buddy. They got through too quick. But, uh, you know, that just speaks of his character. And even in Miami, you know, we would talk. You know, we would throw the ball together and practice a few times here and there. But, you know, um, Sue was there. But it's it's always good to see, you know, one of your former teammates, you know, coaching and doing great things. And uh, so just extremely proud of him, him and his family. Did he always? Did he ever show head coaching tendencies when you played with him? Did you think he was going to be a coach? Yeah, I mean, I always thought he was going to be a coach. I mean, he's smart. I mean, that's ZT. Um, mm-hmm. Played on a Callahan, which I think helped, and you know, Mike Sherman. I mean, it's just crazy because played on a Callahan. You know, Callahan had a dictionary for a playbook, right. and Callahan's son hung around us every now and then. And to see Zach hire him as his offense coordinator is just like, wow. Like, you know, it just speaks volume of the relationship that him and Coach Callahan had. Um, but I saw him being a great offense coordinator. And then, you know, he went to um, to Los Angeles. Let me get the team right. Yeah. Los yep. Angeles. <laughs> and under Sean McVay, did a great job. And, you know, just blessed and thankful that he got the opportunity that he deserved. And he's, he's doing the same, man. Yeah. I'm just sad that we didn't get – Joe Burrow to Nebraska. Uh, aren't oh, we all? God. Aren't we all? Yeah. So, Actually, so what? Hour number sad. two coming up? We're talking about that? Hour uh, number no, two? No, we don't need another hour. Uh, you know what? <laughs> he would have never done it. You, to be honest with you, I'm glad he didn't come because 
He wouldn't have had the weapons that he had at LSU, man. Hell I mean, no. Nah. Look at the dude that 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 we had. He's down in Kansas State now. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, Joe Burrow came to Nebraska and who knows where he'd be now. He would He's be, definitely not in the Super Bowl. He wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. He'd be selling cars, had some used cars, car lot or <laughs> oh, something. Oh, come on. Come I'll give on him now. some more credit. No, that. I'm just saying, like, Joe Burrow <laughs> is Joe Burrow. What? Who's he going to throw to? Because that, that's, that, that's that what LSU, I'm saying. He had uh, Jamar Chase. Jefferson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Yeah, they're yeah. okay. They're, they're pretty good. They're you know? decent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. He would not have had the same career. So any Nebraska fans that are like, we could have had Joe Burrow and been really good. Maybe not. I mean, like, so tell us a little bit about yourself now. Uh, what do you do? What are you working on? Plug anything that, that you want plugged here on the podcast. Tell the listeners what Zach Bowman is up to now in 2022. Oh, wow. Um, Coaching at Midland. Uh, this will be my fourth year. I'm there with Jeff Jambrog. Um Coach on the defensive side, um, Coach Honnold's our defensive coordinator, Denny Honnold. Um, he's our DC. Roster Zarius coaches the line for us as well. Nice. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Mustache. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mustache. Does he still have a mustache? He still has a mustache. <laughs> okay, you it's need to get Mr. A, mustache on our podcast. It's more of a yeah. porn stash, but it's a mustache. <laughs> no, no, no. The real uh, question is, is Phil Almation on the staff? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he walked through that door. With a <laughs> towel around his neck and a whistle. around his neck and a whistle. <laughs> Here, here's um, what you need to do to coach better. Yeah, this is what you got to do. You gotta Zach, do come here. Better. <laughs> um, so, uh, so doing that, I work for the Urban League of Nebraska, uh, which is a nonprofit organization. I'm the uh, director of the Utah Tennis Navigator Program. Have a great staff. Um, we're in eight schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eight schools. Um, all OPS schools, Bryan, North, Northwest, Benson, Monroe, Nathan Hill, King Science, and McMillan. So nah, okay. Got them all. So got, got them all. <laughs> so enjoy it. I do, man. You know, I'm working with kids, working with families, trying to show them the better side of things and just trying to meet them where they're at and help them be successful. You know, success looks different for everybody. So en- 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 enjoy doing that. I do some things with One Academy with, with, with Steve and Tony. Um, you know, we do 707. So we do that. And then I do some football training here on the side and that's what i was doing before i came here i trained two kids one of them goes to gretna he's gonna be a really good player young kid and then another one goes to Iowa washington <laughs> um plays linebacker moves very well has good feet all right there you who, go who are you talking to right now can catch the ball uh who do you want that message to go out to uh, yeah but he, <laughs> what's his, what's his hat on twitter <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go to uh came from a small town up north uh played eight-man football Name's Joe, and um, talented kid, smart. Told me, I asked him. I said, uh, "Are you struggling?" It was a dumb question on my part. Doesn't even look like he was struggling. Look, pretty intelligent. See, I got four point Okay, yeah, he's struggling just a little bit. <laughs> um, but he wants to go to K State. But really, he wants to go to any school. So um, I'm just there to help him out and help guide him and okay. help him in whichever way I can. So. Have you, have you crossed, pat, crossed paths with any of our former guests, like Abdul Muhammad or Courtney Grixby? Uh-huh. I know they do some local stuff around the community. and I see Courtney when we do a Warren Academy stuff. Yeah. I see um, Abdul here and there, um, just in North Omaha. You know, we kind of work with the same kids. All respect for everybody that we come in past with. You know, there's no beef there. Um, I see Danny Woodhead on Saturdays. Nice. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Another should have been Nebraska player. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> anyway, we coach. Uh, we coach uh, upward basketball on Saturdays. Uh, his, his, his kids play, my kids play. Um, I coach my kindergarten. I help coach my kindergarten and first grade team. Big shout out to Luke and big shout out to Coach Jeremy. It's fun coaching kindergarten and first grade. Sure, <laughs> sure it is. It's like herding cats. Yeah, they just all just run to the ball. It's herding cats. No, you're on offense. No, no. you're going that way. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open. Everybody's no, open. Not. open. I'm open. I'm open. Pass me the ball. Pass me the ball. And they're just standing there. Yeah. And then I coach uh, my 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 oldest son. He's uh, he, he does fourth and fifth grade basketball there. So wow. Um, we uh, we're, we're undefeated so far. So let me knock on wood. Okay. But um, you know, my son he does well. He does well. I call him Big Country. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. He does what I ask him to do. Better get rebounds, outlet, get rebounds, Beautiful. put the ball back up in the hoop. There you, you know? go. Have a role. Embrace your role. And he embraces it. I think he had like 16 points last week. Is he going to be a DB in the future? No. No? Nope. No. <laughs> you call him big country for you. <laughs> okay. 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 Now, Corey, my, my middle son, he is there. He, I haven't told him yet, but he played flag football and everybody's like. You can see it. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Hey, is that your dad over there? The only black person sitting down? <laughs> I mean, the odds are good. So, but no, he's, uh, you know, but most importantly, you know, they're, you know, my kids are good kids and stuff like that. So, you know. All right. Well, look, I mean, I don't think we have anything pressing to discuss. So. No. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah. Nebraska was lucky to land you as a football player, and now Nebraska's lucky to keep you and have you around the community coaching and, and taking care of all the youth stuff that you're doing. Yeah, and, you uh, could you could go anywhere, but you stayed here. That's right. And No Block, No Rock is lucky to have you as a guest. Well, I yeah. appreciate it, guys. Seriously, we definitely got to do this again. Oh, yeah, anytime, man. Absolutely. Especially during the season, we can break down a game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah the DB A play. win. Maybe a win. That, what? One of their six Eight? that they're going to get. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hot yes. <laughs> ball, here we come. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hey, um, let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Kyle Byers. Mike Delaware. Zach Roman. And as always, GBR. <laughs>